everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today I'm going to talk about uh, what I believe is an epidemic in the reseller world of vintage clothing, and that's overpricing goods and overpricing, and as well at the same time, uh, uh, being not attention to detail when it comes to quality control. In other words, putting a lot of stuff on your racks that really is kind of junky, and then even worse so, overpricing it as well. Um, you know, uh, we really need as a reseller to transition from trying to make the most out of your clients on every sale, trying to get the most money out of them and transition into how can I provide more value to my clients and uh, how can I build long-term relationships with my clients. And uh, that's what I'm going to talk about today. And I think overpricing is a reason why a lot of resellers are not a, not doing as well as they had hoped. And if they can adjust that, they can only improve their uh, their sales and their relationships with their clients, but also improve uh, what is the most important aspect of running any business, and that's their cash flow. So uh, I hope you find this uh, content helpful today. And uh, yeah, so uh, give it a listen, and we'll talk later. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of uh, the Positive Thrifter podcast. I am your host, Marcello Biaki, aka the Positive Thrifter. You can find me on Instagram at the Positive Thrifter, and on TikTok as well. Same handle at the Positive Thrifter. Well, welcome back to another episode. Um, today's episode, I'm going to talk about something that has been on my mind lately a lot, and I think is really something that is uh, hurting a lot of people in their businesses in a multitude of ways uh, in terms of building relationships with clients, in terms of their cash flow of their business, uh, and, and just an o- overall, uh, you know, uh, ineffective approach to running your vintage business. And that is overpricing your items, okay? Uh, I'm just amazed as a, you know, I'm out there and seeing uh, dealing with a lot of different vendors, dealing with uh, or seeing a lot of people selling up pop-ups and and you know online, etc. And just seeing this, you know, what I call epidemic of pricing things just way too high. And a lot of times they're they're not really evaluating the product itself too. And I see just also the combination of a lot of very junky stuff being being priced extremely high. And it's, it's mind-boggling, and uh, I don't really get it. I understand we can be, you know, especially early on in, in a business like this, we can be uh, seduced by, you know, the potential for these, like, huge markups. Um, but I think it's, it's a, a major mistake to allow yourself to get, uh, again, seduced by that because I think it really hurts you from, A, making sales, be making, you know, building relationships with your clients and also in developing your reputation as a seller. Um, You know, like, here's the thing y'all have to understand is that, you know, like, you don't need to be looking around at what's going on uh, around you, you know, in terms of uh, then taking what you see around you and that applying it to your pricing structure, Okay. Uh, in other words, you don't need you. You're in control of what you price things, okay? And a lot of times, you 
you can make a decision, uh, you know, what you price things based on what you purchased it for. Okay, so it doesn't have to be like you looking around and seeing, you know, what people are charging for things, uh, you know, uh, what things are hyped up right now and everybody's excited about. So therefore that drives up the price. You're not at the mercy of that. You know, you don't need to. You don't need to follow that as a guideline for pricing. You can price things at whatever you want, okay? And I think that's a big problem is, you know, people, you know, especially younger sellers, they don't know what to price things at, and then they see what other people are pricing things at, and they see pieces that are hyped up, and and, and then they go with that. And they don't really, you know, think logically when they're pricing things. And I'm seeing, like, a lot of things that are, you know, maybe potentially hype pieces that are, you know, are damaged or are, um, stained or, you know, have bleach marks or they're just, they're not in the best of shape. But because it's that particular piece that's popular, they're still pricing it. And that makes no sense. You know, like if there's flaws in an item, first of all, you know, you have to price accordingly based on the flaws. Okay. You have to factor a lot of things in. Okay, in terms of pricing. But again, at the end of the day, you know, you don't need to be allowing the hype train to be your guideline uh, for what you price things at. Okay. And I think it, it's very important that if you are looking at your sales and you're, you're just basically, you know, a little bit frustrated, you're not, you're not uh, understanding or happy with the way things are moving and you're holding pieces for a long period of time, you need to ask yourself those hard questions. Am I pricing things way too high? Am I putting junk on my racks just because it may have a small factor that about it that is something popular? What I mean by that is like, you know, like... Uh, you know, sometimes we find a certain piece. Like, this could happen with designer stuff, okay? Uh, and I've made this mistake, like, in the past. I don't do it anymore. But, like, I would find a Versace piece, Versace jeans couture, a vintage piece. And I'd be like, oh, everybody's into this. And then I'd price it accordingly. But meanwhile, the, the piece was hideous. It was not a nice piece, did not have a good fit, okay? So I'm pricing it based on the label and not what it is. And that's a mistake, and a lot of people do that. They, they, you know, I'm trying to give you some other examples, but, you know, like I see uh, one of the biggest, to me, most overpriced, overhyped pieces or types of pieces that we've seen over the last few years is is, uh, is the Nike small swooshes. Like, um, to me, the only thing that should, should hold any type of value is center swooshes because they are not the easiest to find, but at the same time, they are not really that rare either. Okay, when you talk rare, we're talking rare, we're talking about when something is rare, it's extremely hard to find. There's not a lot of them out there, very few. Okay, so when in terms of small swooshes, yes, mid swooshes are a little bit harder to find, um, but they're not rare. They're definitely not rare. Like we see lots of resellers have them, they find them, and 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 uh, and the prices were out of control on that. They're a little bit more reasonable now, but still. But now let's let's talk about like the regular small swooshes, just like the small swooshes 
not mid, but on the side, like, I still see those pieces being sold for $60, $70, $80. You got to understand, guys, you can buy them new for that price, brand new. So to sell a second-hand one, and, like, yeah, I get it. Maybe, you know, there's some vintage appeal. People want an older one in the 80s and 90s. I get it. But you still cannot. <clears throat> to price that thing at, like, 70 bucks. it's too much. It's just too much. You know, and, and you can't get overhyped about that. You got, and you always got to think, what did I pay for this? You're thrifting that for like 8, 10, 12 bucks. Like, why are you selling it for 70? Like, are you doing your customers right by doing such a thing? You know what I mean? They're not rare. We find them every day. You know what I mean? Like 40, 45, like 50 at the most, okay, is fair. You know, if there's nothing wrong with it. But 70, 80, like, it's too much, guys. And the problem is, is we get attached to these things. We're all excited to have them in our inventory. And that's the wrong mentality in terms of business, okay? The mentality you want to have, guys, is you want products. You want to pick it up. You want to move it as quick as possible. Make your profit. Move on. Move on. It's good for cash flow, okay? What do I mean by cash flow? Cash flow is crucial, in business. Cash flow means that how quickly is your money coming in as compared to how it's going out. Okay, in other words, you know, what type of sales are you bringing in? How quickly, what's the number of sales you're bringing in based on the amount of money going out to, to restock and pay your bills, etc. That flow of cash has to be positive. And that's the problem a lot of times is a lot of businesses are doing lots of sales, but the money is going out faster than it's coming in. And that's why so many businesses fail. And the number one reason is cash flow. If your money is coming in slower than it's going out, you're going to collapse at some point in time. You can't maintain that. <clears throat> and that's all the more reason why you can't have pieces sitting on your racks for a month, two months on end, because they are overpriced. You understand? So you got to look at it. You thrift a piece for five, six, seven, eight bucks, get it out the door at a nice profit. You can move it at 30 bucks, $35, that nice little sweet spot, or $25 sometimes, depending what it is. Make your profit, move on, keep the products flowing, keep that flow of your cash in a positive direction. And we really need to get over that. We really need need not to price your stuff emotionally. You need to price your stuff logically. And there's just too much stuff out there that I see that is unbelievably overpriced. Hyped pieces that are just, we're looking around and we're going, oh, some big seller online sells these for 150 bucks, so that's what I'm going to sell them for. Or <clears throat> I looked this up on eBay, and this is what they sell for. You know, they may be priced at that, but are they actually selling at that price? Okay. And now you got to factor in, like, what's the work involved you got to do on eBay to sell that product? <clears throat> so trying to get squeeze every penny out of your clients is not the right approach for a number of reasons. And the main reason is cash flow. Like, how can we get, just make yourself a nice profit, sell it, move on. Okay, 
my particular goal is how quickly can I sell this product and make a profit? That is my focus nonstop. How quickly can I get it out the door? And if I've had it for too long, then I know that I've, you know, I haven't priced it well because it's not moving at the, at the right pace for me. In and out. Then you bring in new stuff. In and out. Now you're moving stuff at such a high pace. Now your your cash flow is positive. <clears throat> and now you have a very healthy business. So if you're wondering why you're not doing as well as you think, the very first thing you need to do is look at, you know, what am I pricing stuff at? You know, what am I, my price is too high. You know, like really ask yourself, like, is this realistic for my clients to buy? Like, you know, you always, as much as possible, you know, they say that, they say that, you know, mids pay the bills because they do, because the majority, overwhelming majority of clients are going to buy mids. So how are you pricing your mids? Are you getting emotionally attached to your mids? You know, but even your high-end pieces, like, you know, we're not museums, guys. We're, we're businesses. We need to move product. We need to get it in and out. So even when you find a high-end piece, unless you want to just sit on it, but if you actually want to sell it, like, be aggressive on your pricing. You know, if you find a killer tea that's, you know, going for 150 but meanwhile you thrifted it for 5 bucks, like, sell it for 100 Give your clients a deal. You still made an insane markup, like an absolutely bizarre markup. You don't need to squeeze every penny out of your client. And I want to talk to you also about understanding that your relationship with your clients is everything. And that's what it is. It's a relationship. It's a two-way relationship. You have to give if you want to get. So you got to nurture that relationship. You know, it's the equivalent if you plant a tree, an apple tree, and you just, when it starts to bear fruit, you just pillage it of all the fruit. You don't nurture it at all, and you just kill that tree. And you may, you may profit off it for a season, but you only have it around for a season because you've just taken it you've, you've not seen that two-way relationship you've not nurtured that relationship you know you've not watered that that tree and taken care of it and you know given to it as much as you're getting from it and then instead of you know just having it for a season it could feed you for life and that's the same relationship you want to build with your clients okay stop trying to get every single penny out of your clients give them a good deal and they're going to come back and they're going to come back and they're going to keep coming back and they're going to be loyal and they're going to seek you out because they know that they they can get they're able to get good value from you and that's what we sell guys we sell value when you understand that you you are selling value you learn an unbelievably valuable and powerful lesson value is what you want to sell not a product not a hyped piece you're selling value, okay? So when you're looking at your racks and you're wondering, you know, why am I not doing better? First thing you want to ask yourself is like, am I overpricing stuff? Guys, I'm seeing out there, I'm seeing like modern t-shirts, stamped t-shirts, not even vintage. People are selling them for like 30 and $35. Guys, you got to understand, you have to use thrift stores as your, as your guideline. You know, like, 
these shirts that you're selling that are stamp tags for 30 bucks, $35, like, our clients can walk in a thrift store, and there's an abundance of similar types of t-shirts. They're going to be able to buy for 5 6 $7. Why the heck would they pay $30 for a modern t-shirt with a stamp tag? That's not vintage. That's not curation. You're not giving them value there. And they may buy it once in a while, but they're going to figure out that eventually that, you know, you didn't give them value there. And they're not going to seek you out anymore. And your stuff's going to more and more sit. And today more than ever, and it's only going to continue to trend in that direction, but clients for vintage clothing are extremely knowledgeable now. They know their stuff. Okay? They have tag knowledge. They have vintage knowledge. They know single stitch. They're much smarter now. So you're not going to be able to fool them, quote-unquote, and sell them stuff that's not even vintage for a high price. Okay, they know their stuff, <clears throat> and if they hit your racks and they see that you're overpricing stuff, well, guess what? You're like, you're a negative in their eyes now. They're not going back to you. Okay, so that's the first thing. You want to look, am I pricing my stuff way too high for what it is? And secondly, is is my stuff in good shape? Is it clean? Is it junk? You know, is it is it all pilling? If it's pilling, take the time and shave it. If it's got stains, like, adjust the price accordingly or try and get those stains out. You know, if it's got holes, adjust accordingly. Like, we do sell vintage clothing, so a lot of stuff that does have a little stain or or uh, a hole in it, people will buy and wear it because they think it's cool. But price it accordingly, okay? And you really need to go through your racks and look through and, and go, like, is this a good piece or is this a... Is this junk? Does it just look like crap on a hanger? And you just bought it because it's Nike. Or you bought it because it's, uh, I don't know, a college team. Or, you know, it's it's a brand. You know, and again, <clears throat> over the years, I bought so many pieces that were really ugly or, like, junky just because it was a brand that was in demand. And somehow, like, I thought, oh, well, it's a brand in demand. Someone's going to buy this because it's Nike or it's it's uh, <clears throat> vintage polo or whatever. But you have to be honest with yourself. Like, is it a nice-looking piece? That's what curation is all about. Like, is this a piece that jumps out at people? Is this a piece that looks nice on a hanger that someone's actually going to want to wear? Or does it look like shit? And I didn't really factor that in. And, and more... Way too much. I'm seeing even the combination of that. I'm seeing stuff that is literally junk on a hanger, and people are trying to get 30, 40 bucks for it. Like, it just boggles my mind. Like, hello, like, ask yourself, would you pay for this piece? Would you pay that for this piece? Like, be, get in the mind of your client. Like, would you wear and buy and pay that kind of money for this piece? If not, then why are you trying to pawn it off on someone who's supposed to be your client, someone you're trying to build trust with and a relationship with? So if you're not doing as well as you you think, have a look at your hangers. Have a look at your racks and ask yourself those questions. Is this priced accordingly? Is this a nice curated piece? Is this something that someone wants to wear? Or is it overpriced or is it junk? Or both. And if you can 
have that 100% honest conversation with yourself and you see a lot of that stuff on your accident, get rid of it. Just get rid of it. You're going to have to take some losses sometimes. Get off the racks and go out there and put in the work to find better stuff and provide better options for your clients, both in terms of the quality and the price. Guys, your relationship with your customers is everything. You know, you got to have a mindset that, you know, I need my, my number one priority is my clients. I need to provide them with value on all levels, quality, price. And if I make, put my customers before me, then I'm going to have customers become extremely loyal and I'm going to win too. It's a win-win situation. You got to be able to provide value and build that relationship with clients. And then they're going to come back and they're going to seek you out. And you, instead of making like trying to make a massive markup on, on an item by overpricing it and trying to make that in the moment, think long-term in terms of clients. Think about building a relationship with your clients and them becoming loyal because they know they can get extremely good value, extremely fair pricing. They know you're a seller they want to do business with. That they're going to continue to come back week after week, month after month, year after year, and over time, they're going to be so valuable to you because you've prioritized that two-way relationship where it's not about all about you. It's all about them. And in turn, they reward you with their loyalty and with their repeat business. So guys, please stop overpricing your stuff. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting any establishment you're associated with because you're turning clients off. They're looking at your stuff and they're going, wow, this is expensive and it's really kind of junky. And it, it leaves an impression on everyone around you as well, too, if you're partnering with people. Okay. Good stuff, solid stuff, clean stuff well-priced stuff, that's the recipe for success in our business, okay? You will find pieces along the way that are worth the money, and the clients know that too. They're very, very knowledgeable. So you can sell higher-priced items, but it has to be worth it. If you start to get in the $60, $70, $80 range for a piece, it needs to be worth it. You need to be able to justify that price. You need to be able to say, look, this piece comparable is consistently selling at this price, no flaws, whatever, in this condition. It's consistently selling at this price everywhere. And look, I'm even offering you a bit of a better deal. Give your clients better deals. You know, let them walk away feeling like, wow, I got a good deal here. I got a good deal here. There's still plenty of markup, okay? It's it's a very greedy mentality where, where you're like, I just picked this up for seven bucks. I'm going to try and get 80 out of it. You know, sell it for 50. Sell it for 50. Let everyone else try and get the most out of it. Sell it for 50 so your clients will be like, wow, this guy this guy or this gal is giving me a good deal. That's how we built our business. That's how we built Tricky. You know how many pieces that we underpriced on purpose? Because we wanted clients out there walking around saying, look, 
I got this piece for 60 bucks or 50 bucks when normally everyone else is selling it for 100. I got it at Tricky. Oh yeah, you got it at Tricky? Wow, I need to go there too. Okay? So you don't make $20 extra in the moment or $30 extra or $40 extra in a moment. By doing that, by using that philosophy, you're driving so much additional business by giving your clients a deal, by being fair and honest and, and generous that you're creating so much business overall by operating with a mentality like that. And that's the mentality you want. And that's, you, you're, it's all about building relationships with your clients. It's all about being fair. It's not all about pillaging and you know taking advantage of your clients in the moment and trying to make the most possible you can make on every piece that you get and just you know how can I make the most money off this client not using clients to fill our pockets okay we're trying to build relationships with those clients trying to establish trust and loyalty and a long-term relationship with clients in order to do that you need to be fair you need to curate need to really be take pride in what you put on your hangers no junk no overpricing and definitely no overpriced junk okay and that's generally most people's problems who resell or wondering why they're not selling more it's generally because they're overpricing what they have and they're not putting pride in what they put on their hanger or both so guys stop overpricing your stuff Go right now. Go back to everywhere you're selling stuff. Go through your, your racks and adjust accordingly. Stop trying to make the most money you possibly can off your clients. You know, double your Be okay with doubling what you paid for or tripling. Okay, we don't need quadruple. We don't need five or ten times your money. Okay, that's going to hurt you long term. Build a more consistent business where you're moving product quickly. You have excellent positive cash flow because you're taking a healthy markup but a fair markup and your your products are going in and out because they're well-priced, they're curated well, they're in good shape, they're not junky, and you just have product moving. There's no need to get attached to anything. No need to be like, oh, cool, I found a, a small swoosh. Look how cool it looks on my racks. Screw that. It's like, how quickly can I get rid of it? You know, I don't do this anymore, but I used to love the best scenarios when I when I would be in a thrift store. I'd post it on my story and I'd have a piece sold before I even left the store, before I even paid for it. Dream scenario, that. Okay, that's outstanding for cash flow. Amazing. And it, it comes with, you know, being okay with saying, you know, Avoiding that that desire to be greedy and say, you know what, I could get 60 for this if I wait. I paid four, but I could get 60. Put it at 35. When everyone else is selling it at 60, put it at 35. And they're going to go, wow, look at this deal I got from this person. And they're telling 10 people about it. And now those 10 people become your clients. And now you're really, really rolling. Okay, guys, so please. Stop overpricing. Stop putting junk on your racks. 
Okay, really analyze what you're selling. Like I see some stuff on racks, I'm like, why the hell is this here? Like, you know, like I can't even give you some examples, but like it's usually because it's the brand or me. It may be something, uh, you know, like I've seen people charge charge uh, like 50 bucks or 40 bucks for like blank champion basketball jerseys. Like why? Because it's a champion jersey? Like that's pretty much worthless. It really is, unless somebody just wants to wear it as a cool piece. That's like a $20 piece max, if that. Just because it's a champion jersey, you can't have that association. Okay, it's not an actual player jersey, champion jersey. Okay, it does not have the same value. You follow? So, again, if you're not doing as well as you'd like to, hit all your racks, really take a good, honest look at them, be honest with yourself, say, is this really worth this price? Based on what I paid for it, could I offer a better deal? Okay. And thirdly, is this junky? Did I just put this here because, you know, it's a college sweatshirt, but meanwhile it's a zip-up that's, like, full of, full of, like, uh, uh, what do you call it, pilling and stuff like that, but it's, it's a college sweatshirt. It's a zip-up, Okay. People don't like zip-ups as much. It's pilling. Nobody wants this. It's junky. It looks like crap on your racks. Stop buying it, A, and B, stop trying to sell it without putting an effort at least to clean it up and, you know, price it accordingly. Okay? So that's my advice to you. Please, stop the overpricing. It's been going on too long. Clients are too smart for it now. Change your philosophy and watch your business start to move in a really positive direction. Okay, so I hope that reached a few people. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. Uh, again, if you enjoy this type of content, please share it with other people. Please like and subscribe. And I appreciate every one of you that take the time to listen to my podcast. Uh, very much so with the bottom of my heart. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you like this content, please like and subscribe and please share with other people. Um, If you have any ideas for what uh, you may uh, like uh, me to discuss on the podcast, please give me a follow on Instagram at the positive thrifter and uh, hit me up in the DMs. And I'm very open to any suggestions for things you might want to discuss or what you want to hear discussed. And uh, we'll go from there. So once again, thanks for listening and uh, see you next time.